0: Welcome to the 38th episode of Take Action. I am Pastor Henderson, and we thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for all of the direct messages. Thank you for everything that you've been saying to our team, to our staff, as we bring you the Word of God in a way that you can digest it. And we're just so glad that it is working in your life. And if it is working, do me a favor. Would you share this with somebody you love? Would you subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure that you let everybody you know that the word is working here at the Lighthouse Church through Take Action. Also, if you're wanting to partner with us in Give, you can do that right now, too. They're going to put um, a link up on the screen or, if you will, a graphic and let you know that you can go to Givelify, download the app if you don't have it, type in my name or Take Action or any of the other uh, mediums that we have, text to Give, online, LH. Uh, 2.0. Thank you all of Heart Lighthouse 2.0 people. You're just so generous and so kind. And we are here because of you. You give us the ability to take the gospel throughout the world. Now we're going to take the next two weeks to walk deeply into the word of God. And I promise you, you don't want to miss today, nor do you want to uh, miss the week after. First, I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And to let you know that this is a duality and that we're going to be doing this together next week i want you to be with me as we go to hebrews chapter 12. so today first corinthians 4 next week a week from today next tuesday we're going to do hebrews chapter 12 and we're going to combine those together today for those of you all who are looking to go to the next level i want to talk to you about how to get to the next phase that's today's message getting to the next phase. And notice I didn't say to the next level. That's a cliche. That's a statement that we always use, going to the next level. But what if I told you sometimes the next level can be the one beneath you? I want you to know that the next phase, the next cycle of influence, the next reiteration of you is upon you. And God is about to change your life through this word and our time together. Now, when you are serving God, and I know I'm talking to people who serve him in spirit and in truth. When you're serving God faithfully and trying your best to be obedient to what it is that God has called you to do, I can promise you right now from experience, the devil hates it. Forget about the fact that people are hating on you. I know we all say, you know, they're hating on me or she's hating on me. And you do have haters. Let me tell you, you don't have a hater like the devil. I mean, he hates your guts. He hates your progress. He hates your wife. He hates your children. He hated your grandmother. He hates your mother. He hates your father. He hates everything about you. And so what he is trying to do right now, whether it be through sickness, through worry, he's trying to disassociate you and detach you from a more excellent way. And I'm going to give you this word that's going to help you to realize that it doesn't matter what he's doing. The only thing that matters is what you're going to do next. So I'm going to help you to get to the next phase in your life. Because let me tell you, once the devil dis- uh, discovers, once the devil discovers uh, that you are trying to be faithful, once the devil discovers that you're trying to be faithful, he moves in two different phases. Write this down because this is important. The first thing the devil does is he discovers everything he can about you, and then his second phase is he discourages everything about you. So he has a two-pronged approach. He discovers, and then he discourages. Now, some of y'all, I'm like, Pastor, hey, PK, I'm past the discovery stage because all this joker is doing is discouraging me. Can, Can you be honest? You wake up in the morning, not so sure if you believe in yourself. You're at work. Not so sure if this is what you want to do with the rest of your life. You look at your marriage. Not so sure if you have the strength to stay in it. Look at your children. Not so sure you've done the best job you can based on what you see as a return on the investment. So he's discouraging you. He's discouraging your your belief system. He's discouraging your psychology. You don't even have an imagination. So the only thing you can see is what's in front of you. Now, if he is discouraging you, then the question you got to ask yourself is what is courage? Right? Because if he's discouraging you, then you got to ask yourself what is courage? Here's what courage is. The ability to face uncertainty. That's ex- that's all it is. That what does it mean to be brave? That I got the courage to face what I'm facing. I don't know how it's going to come out. I I don't know if I'm going to win this week, next week, next month, next year, but I can tell you this. I do have the courage to look it in the eyes. And I want you to develop the courage as a born again believer of Jesus Christ, that you must look everything that is facing you in the eye. Let me tell you something. And this is in the law of nature. The beast that looks down first has just submitted to the one who wins the staring match. You got to look the bear, the lion, the giant, whatever it is you're facing, you got to look it right in the eye and you've got to tell it you will blink before I do. That's the first law of fighting is to not let the opponent know you're afraid, even though you may be afraid inside. So when the devil discourages us and makes us face, the uncertainty, uncertainly, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, he says this, that all the promises of God are yea, and in him a man unto the glory of God by us. That means that everything that God promises is yes. You need to write that down. Because once you decide that if it's God or your hope, That will determine the outcome. If God said it, it's yes. If God said it is yes. Pastor, I don't have the money. If God said it, it's yes. You just need to type that now just as a way to encourage yourself. If God said it, yes. Pastor, God told me I'm going to start a business, but I don't have the money. If God said it, yes. Pastor, me and my spouse have been trying to have a baby, but we've been if God Said it, yes. If he told you to start the ministry, I don't care if there are five people in it right now. If God said it, 500 more will be there and they're on the way. Because if God said it, all of his promises are yea and amen. So, what discourages us then, if God's promises are yes, what discourages us is a little word called unbelief. Unbelief in what? In the promises of God, Satan knows that if he wants to discourage you, he does it through the avenue of disbelief. How many of you watching me have ever dealt with disbelief? You don't believe what God said. You don't believe in yourself. You don't believe in anybody who God has assigned to encourage you. You disbelieve. Let me tell you what this is. This is doing to you. When the enemy discourages you, it is equivalent to taking the fuse out of a bomb. You still have destructive power, but there is nothing there to light it. And many of you are walking around with enough explosiveness, enough dunamis, the power that be within us given to us by God, you have enough power in you to blow up you just don't have a fuse to spark. Your belief is your fuse. If I can light your belief, you can open the company tomorrow. If I can light your belief, you can get over depression immediately. If I can light your belief in yourself and diffuse the disbelief that a hater, the enemy, or some kid on the, pro, uh, on the playground that discouraged you when you were 12, And here you are, 25, 26, 35, 44, still believing the words of a discourager in your adulthood. You've removed the fuse from the bomb, which is you, and you give God nothing to work with because He cannot light anybody up that doesn't have belief. Let me tell you something if I am successful, it's not because I'm smart. If I am successful, it is not because my IQ is higher than yours. It certainly isn't because I'm a trust fund baby and somebody left me something because everything I have, the Lord gave it to me and I had to scratch and claw to get it all. And I'm still clawing and scratching to keep it all. But if there is anything that I have over the opponents I have faced in my life, it's that my, my belief is big. I don't care what season it is. I'm a believe. I don't care if it's raining. I'm a believe. I don't care if my body doesn't feel right. I'm going to believe I don't care if I've been working for six months and I don't see any progress. I am going to believe. And God is a rewarder of those who believe him. That's what diligently seeks him means. He's a rewarder of those who believe him. If the enemy can't discourage you. If he can if he can not discourage you, he, he moves to the second stage. Watch this. So you may be the kind of person that. Can't be discouraged. Raise your hand electronically if you have big belief. Because I know you got belief. I know. I know. I know. I know. And you're saying, PK, this sermon ain't for me because I got belief and it ain't popping off for me like that. It ain't happening for me. Let me tell you what he does. Secondly, if he cannot discourage you. He will accuse you. (laughs) And let me tell you something. Being accused of something that you are not and have not done is a very, very difficult thing to work through. Revelations 12 says, verse 10 says, that the enemy, the devil, he is the accuser of the brethren. Are you listening? So, if you are not committed to staying in place and doing the will of God for your life, then the allegations that the enemy will put in your head will pull you out of your assignment. What 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 do I mean by accuse you? I'm not talking about somebody saying that you are a thief or or that you are a a whoremonger or, or that you are evil. I'm not talking about that kind of accusation. I'm talking about you're not enough. Imposters syndrome. I'm not worthy. That's an accusation because God says you are. So you will be walking around believing things about yourself that are not true stepping over the things that are, which is pulling you out of your assignment because you're so busy trying to prove yourself that you can't provoke yourself to action. He, he accuses us. And how do you know he's accusing you when your language changes and you start insulting yourself before people do? You introduce yourself to somebody, hey, I'm, I'm Larry. Larry. Yeah. You know, the not so smart guy, but I'm Larry. self-deprecation, self-deprecation, trying to make yourself feel bad so that you don't have to experience somebody else making you feel bad. You accuse yourself. You discourage yourself, pull yourself out of your assignment, and you will only be happy when you live in the fullness of what God created you to be. A fish can't live on land. But a human can't live in water. You have to be in the right environment in order to maximize the gift that he gave you. Fins don't work in the air. They work in the water. Wings don't work in the water. They work in the air. Legs don't work in the water for much long. They work on the ground. You have to be in the right environment. You have to be in the right frame of mind in order to get to the next phase of your life. Let's read the text. Let a man. So account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now listen to this. The word ministers is the Greek word and it refers to a slave. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. Huparathos is the Greek word. It refers to a slave, listen, not just any slave, the slave that was responsible for the oars in the bottom of the slave ship. Everybody just do this with me. I want you if you have the energy, I'm not going to be able to do it, but I want you to imagine how tired you would be doing this until the message was over. And you're not pulling water. And you're not, you're not holding wood, so you don't have splinters cutting into your fingertips and into the palms of your hands. This is the slave from Africa all the way to the Bahamas, from the Bahamas all the way to Boston, just rowing, rowing, rowing to Williamsburg, Virginia, rowing thousands of miles. Waves, heat, cold nights, lack of nutrition, just rowing. This is the word that God used when he talked about the ministers of Christ. God, God, this is the word? You want me to get excited about Christianity? This is the word that you're using? He says, let a man so account of us. As of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, slaves placed in the bottom of a ship responsible for rowing it for miles and miles and miles and miles. Literally. These slaves, these ministers were the engine of the ship. If you miss what I'm getting ready to say. You probably are going to miss the next phase. This has to be able to connect to you on a spiritual level. It's only for those who is for it's going to have to connect with you because some of you are right now. Feel like the slave in the bottom of the ship, chained to a job. Chained to something you can't get free from. You show up to work every Monday, but it's a chain. You go home every night, but it's a chain. You got a group of friends, you got a circle, but it's a chain. You just showed up because you're chained to it. It's literally the slave that's chained to the bench and the bow of the ship so that they could not escape. And the enemy has you chained to something right now. But it's not the enemy that we have to worry about, because in this text, it was God that said, let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ. In order to get the next phase in your life, are you listening to me? You're not going to like this, but you're going to have to chain yourself to it. Too many of us leave ourselves options when it comes time to get destiny done. We leave ourselves options. If I want to get up on Monday, I might. If I don't, I may not. We leave ourselves too many options. If I if I if I say that I want to lose weight, I might go to the gym. I may not. I, I, I may eat right. But but if you put something in front of me that I like, I won't pass it up. You have to chain yourself to your goal. So that you cannot escape. Many of us can't roll if somebody else is looking. Many of us can't roll if we don't get the apology we seek. Many of us can't roll if we're not being affirmed and don't get the affirmation that we're looking for. Many of us cannot roll if we don't get the thank you. And if you're going to get. Where God is sending you, you're going to have to row day and night. You're going to have to row whether the rain is coming down or the lightning is flashing. you're going to have to row when you're hungry, you're going to have to row on Monday. you're going to have to row on Tuesday and God knows when Friday gets here, you can't let up on the road because it's the weekend. you're going to have to row Friday. you're going to have to row Saturday, you're going to have to row Sunday, you're going to have to go to work. Row there, get off and then row for yourself. If you're going to get there, you're going to have to row. The person who gets to destiny is the one that didn't stop rowing. The person who chained themselves to the goal, the person who chained themselves to the next phase and said, come hell or high water, I'm going to keep rowing until I reach land. Because as long as you're in the water, you got to keep rowing. As long as you're on the road to destiny, you're going to have to keep rolling. You're going to have to chain yourself to it. Everybody just say this in your spirit. Say change, chain myself to it. Chain myself to it. If you're going to get there, you're going to have to roll day and night. Jesus said in John chapter nine, I must work the works of the one that sent me while it is day for the night is coming when no man can work. You better do it now. You better do it now. And I know some of you all are like, "Oh, PK, that's a lot of work." But let me tell you something. Discipline is a lot cheaper than regret. Regret is so expensive. It will it will rob you of all of your reserve. I'd rather have to be slowed down than have to be sped up. I just want to tell you, row 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 your boat. I mean, you got to row. Do, do you know when they were teaching us that, we thought we were singing a nursery rhyme. It was a life lesson. Row your boat gently down that stream but don't stop doing it. Consistently. Every day you wake up, do something associated with your next phase. Well, PK, I've been working three weeks straight. I deserve a vacation. At Destiny people work Vacation. Now, I'm not against rest. I'm not against rest because sometimes you have to pl- unplug and get away from it. But let me tell you something, and I believe this to be true, and all of y'all ain't gonna agree with this that when you have an obsession with the goal, rest is doing it. For me, I get restless not doing something. That's headed in the direction of my goal. And it doesn't mean that I work 24 hours a day and it doesn't mean I don't rest because I get the proper amount of rest when possible. But if I got a row, I'm a row. Sometimes you have to row all day so you can have the next day off. But you got to row. Why? Because you're the engine, which means if you stop rowing, the boat is going to stop. And guess who's on the boat? Your children, your husband, your wife, your company, everything that's depending on you. So guess what? When you stop rowing, you affect the destinies of people who are depending on your rope. You've got to stick to it. Getting to the next phase simply requires sticking with it. I hope this is encouraging you. I want you to swallow quit and digest it. Get rid of it. Rest? Yes, quit never. Retreat? Yes, give up not a chance. Walk away because I'm not creative to come back to it so that I can be invigorated? Yes, quit never. Just row. Sometimes you might have to let one arm go and let it rest. Let me tell you, if you don't get that other rowing arm, you're going to be going in a circle. You might have to put that other one on there. You've got to row. Now I'm sure you're tired of it. I'm sure you're tired of rowing. But let me remind you that you are the engine to your life. You are the engine to your ship. And if you stop rowing, your kids won't get there. If you stop rowing, your career will never get off the ground. If you stop rowing, nobody will ever subscribe to your YouTube page. You want to be an influencer and you only got a few views on your on your on your feet. If you stop making videos because nobody's watching, nobody will ever watch. You got to row even when your work is bad. Y'all not listening to me, even when nobody's saying, oh, great job. You got to keep rowing. Nobody will ever buy your product if you stop rowing. Nobody will ever buy your album if you stop singing. Nobody's ever going to come to your shop if you stop doing hair. Nobody's ever going to come to your nail bar if you stop doing nails. Nobody's ever coming to your spa if you give up on skin research. Nobody's coming because you stopped rowing. And I'm wondering how many of you have been blaming God for not blessing you and you have enrolled in years. You have not touched the oars of life to make progress Because you were discouraged and you were hurt. I am commanding you to pick up the row. Pick up the oar right now and start rowing in your living room. And I want you to do it in the spirit before you do it in the natural. Because they who start this row, let me tell you something. I will look up in two years from now and you will be far off in the distance because you started. you got to start. you got to start. Restart your engines. And I want you to get back. To rowing, You are too vital to jump ship. You are too vital to quit. Do you know how many people are depending on you to keep rowing? The only person that doesn't know you're important is you. We know it. I know it. That's why I'm here Tuesday with you or whatever day you're watching this. Perhaps you're not watching it live. Maybe it's Thursday. Maybe it's Friday for you. Maybe it's Sunday and you're binge watching because you all of a sudden got a spark that you wanted to find out how far you could go. And you clicked on this. And out of all of the things that God would allow to pop up, this is the thing that came up and you weren't looking for it. It found you. That's God's signal to you to get back to rowing. This is how you're going to get to the next phase. Let me finish by telling you this. I'm sure I'm sure there are times. When the slaves in the boat said, I should quit. Nobody appreciates me. I'm I'm sure, I'm I'm sure in whatever language they speak, the translation was, I should quit because nobody's told me thank you in the last 2,000 miles. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody said something that discouraged himself. But can I just tell you something? Some of y'all expect too much out of people. People are people. They're going to be people. You expect somebody to love you that don't love themselves? You expect expect somebody to appreciate you that don't appreciate themselves? People are going to be people. And sometimes they neglect or forget to be appreciative to you because nobody appreciated them. We only have what we were given. So, in order to get to the next phase, can I tell you something? You're going to have to do it with your little feelings hurt. You have to do it with hurt feelings. Oh, and by the way, yeah, you got to roll even though you don't have a savings account. You're going to have to roll with debt up to here. You're going to have to roll with no gas money. You're going to you're gonna have to figure out how to get to the job interview and you don't even have a suit. <laughs> you're going to have to figure out how to get to church even if you don't have a church home or if you don't feel comfortable in church and if you got church hurt, you've got to keep rowing. Yeah. You asking God for love? Yeah, you got to get back to rowing in your heart again because if you don't row, you won't grow, you surely won't go. A lack of appreciation should not affect your determination. So do me a favor. In New York, in Lagos, in Houston, in Dallas, in Nebraska, in Michigan, in Illinois, in Indiana, do me a favor. In London, do me a favor, pick up your oar and start rowing again. It's your responsibility to be the engine of your ship. That's how you're going to get to the next phase, by rowing. I want to pray for you because discouragement is a silent killer. You can be discouraged with a smile on your face with an Armani suit on. You can have a Mirion on and off-white shoes and still be discouraged. Ah, Don't let people fool you. They can be dressed up and be discouraged. They can be running around with smiles on their face and busy all alone not believing in themselves. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that brother and sister I can't see but that I can feel. They want to get to the next phase but their arms are tired. They have no energy. Give them the possessiveness and obsession to want to attain the ultimate gift that you have placed inside of them. Let no one under the sound of my voice be stricken by fear. Release us all to have life and have it more abundantly. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you, my brothers. Thank you, my sisters. That's how you're going to get to the next phase. Make sure you combine Uh, with us in our giving efforts as we bless people all around the world. We're building a park across the waters. We're building a dream center right here in Houston. And we're doing a lot of things, whether it be scholarships, philanthropic ideas. We're doing a lot of things to make sure that we're making a difference. And we cannot do it without your partnership and without connecting with you. Help us out. They're going to put uh, the uh, information on the screen how you can do it. I want you to do it with a cheerful heart. And I want you to believe. That by the time I see you, say in six months from now, when I see you in six months, I want you to tell me, Pastor, I picked up the oars, I started rowing, and now I'm going so fast that the people I used to run with can't even keep up with me. I want you to outrun the competition. Amen. I love you. I'll see you next week. Don't forget, study Hebrews 12. We're coming back together.